Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast, where two seemingly meaningless people talk about very meaningful things, a hodgepodge of Christian topics. My name is Chris. And I'm Leslie. <laughs> you are Leslie. That was really good. Thank you. And you didn't see it. If we did, This is why we should do video cast. She was nodding her head like a horse, <laughs> trotting to the, doing her Kentucky Derby of confidence, and I'm a Leslie. All right, so we want to welcome everybody today. Uh, let's start out. Let's just jump into things. Uh, you want to do our dedications? Are you ready with the dedication? I'm ready. I will do the first dedication, because okay, I think I did... Did I go first last time? I don't you? know. I can't keep track. Mm, Chinese food. That's all I can think oh. of. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to dedicate this episode to summer. Summer? Yeah. The season? The season of summer. Okay. Summer, I don't like you, <laughs> but I thought if... I talk nice about you. Maybe we could start getting along. Well, good cause... timing because it's a beautiful evening. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a beautiful <laughs> evening because a storm came in and dropped the temperature. It's been in the like <laughs> high 90s with super dumb humidity. Mm. You go outside and you're instantly sweaty. Yeah. And my kids know, even last night, the kids were like, Papa, what's your worst favorite season? And... They all agreed summer mm-hmm. is just the worst. Yeah. So why are you... You're just trying to be nice to summer? I thought, hey, let's be positive. Like the Lord... But you're not being positive. The Lord made you're summer. You're telling us how bad I it is. I feel like... <laughs> I feel... No, I... Summer hasn't heard any of this conversation. She just heard the dedication. And oh. so we're, I'm trying to get on... I see. I'm just trying to get a more positive... Th- I mean, it's... It's hot. It kills things. Well, I'm trying summer, to get positives. What are Oklahoma, some positives? Well, summer? Oklahoma summer is not universal. So there are summertime places that are quite nice. Right? I don't know if those exist. I've never been there. Yeah. I think if we were in the, I don't know, like on the coast somewhere. Well, I think places where, well, yeah, like that's like, but on the coast, it's like the temperature is like the same in summer mm-hmm. and spring and fall and winter. It's just like a mild 70 to 80 degrees today with winds coming off the ocean to cool us Not all Not the east down. coast though. The east coast is Which would a, be fine with it. I think our problem is, I think we're living in the wrong state. I love Oklahoma, but we are both but it's just the wrong state for three we months. We both have a lot of hair. It's we're just, like we'll, we're like made for cold. Climate. But it's just the wrong state for three months. Now I am I am I am physically made for a colder climate. Yeah, uh, I am hot a lot. We're like, and I love to wear a good cardigan. Yeah, I mean we're cardigan fanatics. Yeah, we love them. I I think I was first, but we won't go into that. You probably were. I mean, it's not probably. It's for sure. Sounds good to me. But you're not known for wearing cardigans, are you? <laughs> because not many men around here wear a lot of cardigans. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no. That's not that saying. No, it's fine. <laughs> I own it. Okay. But you you, you look really nice. Which is why cardigan. I wear a cardigan. That's what people always say. Like, you know, you wear, uh, Leslie likes how I look in a cardigan. I, I like wearing cardigans. That's another. Yeah. See, this is why summer... <laughs> 
I actually told the kids that they were like, what do you, it's like the end of summer even, like going into fall, and we started talking about it, and I was like, so that's, you know, September 20-something, and, uh, you know, by then, it's still probably not even cardigan weather. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a little pathetic. Our kids like cardigans, too. Yeah, yeah. They all do. Yeah, everyone so loves to be cardigan, cardigan, but they don't family. love summer. So I'm going to try and be more positive about summer. Swimming, yeah, I mean, sprinklers. Let's. I'll catechize you. Who made summer? I mean, <laughs> technically. Well, we won't get into, yeah. into who made who made summer. Who made it hot in this part of the world? God. <laughs> God made it hot in this part of the world at this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, he's sanctifying us. But could it be that the fall made it this hot? <laughs> the fall? The fall. I mean, I'm not saying that... <laughs> The fall led to all sorts of things, and one of those could be extreme heat. the extreme heat of the summer. So when you're like, who made the summer? I want to say Adam and his <laughs> sim. Uh, but I'm not 100% positive about that, so I won't, yeah. I won't uh, clamp yeah, too much but on that. Yeah, but. there's a lot of great things. And, I mean, it's not summertime in the Gore House. It's a nice 69 degrees. It's 69 degrees all the time. <laughs> like... <laughs> we've got these smart hour things that they try to do here in Oklahoma where they'll you'll get a reduced price on your electric bill uh, throughout the rest of the day if during the hottest parts of the day you're willing to take on a overage charge price. So like, I don't even know when it is. Like two? Yeah, two, two to five or two something eight, like that. Yeah, you get an increased cost to use your electricity during that time. But the rest of the day is reduced cost. You get it at a reduced price compared to other people. Uh, and so... So at 2 o'clock... So at 2 o'clock, they set your... If you agree to this, at 2 o'clock, they normally, based on your thermostat, set your air conditioner to turn off at 2. Mm-hmm. Now, they pre-cool your house. Mm-hmm. Your air conditioner is supposed to make it really cold, or as we call it, normal, <laughs> uh, to, in preparation for this. But then as soon as it's 2 o'clock, the price goes up and your air conditioner is supposed to go off. So what happens here is the pri- the temperature goes, the air conditioner goes off and we just walk up and turn it back on. <laughs> like, we don't care. We'll, we'll, pay the, we'll pay the extra cost. It and doesn't matter. And it ends matter. up. It works Yeah, out. we still save money. You still, this is why I tell people you should be on smart hours. Because even if you ignore smart hours and just keep it cold in your house because you want to, you'll still save money. Mm -hmm. Every month we still get like, this is how much you save. So the amount that we save from 9 p.m. to 1 p.m. is more than the extra cost Mm -hmm. that we pay during those peak hours. Which I then tell my friends who are sweating through the smart hours, like, it's not worth it. (laughs) Like so our electric high. bill is not that high. Like yeah, just, and we would we would like quit driving. Would, we would give yeah, up driving. I would give up things on the TV. Oh, I'd give up. Like my friends who are sweating and yet they're watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you have your priorities wrong, <laughs> friend. Like sweating on their couches watching Netflix, not it's, using the oven. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, you can still save money. So yeah, we. <laughs> Smart hours. <laughs> Smart hours is a good thing. Because yeah. it's, yeah. It's... And it is, okay, one of my spiritual gifts, I know when the air goes off at church. It's weird. And it's got to be a pressure thing. I, Surely you just I don't know. quit feeling I immediately that... feel stuffy. 
And sure enough... Oh, she doesn't just feel stuffy. <laughs> she starts acting as if she, like, can't breathe. Yeah. And it's so hot. Chris, I've got a mop of... I've got, like, a big mop of hair on my neck yeah, all day. Do. So, I'll go... Which you might have asked me on Sunday to hold up and, while you fanned your neck yeah. to get ready in the morning. Oh, yeah. Which you might often ask me, hold my hair up and totally. fan my neck because it's very hot. <laughs> Yeah, so today I felt, I just, all of a sudden I felt really warm. I she went felt to it the in her thermostat. Spirit. In my spirit, I had a feeling. <laughs> I went to the thermostat and it was 2.01. On One the, minute yes. after it flipped off. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So I, I used that, that spiritual gift at church to know when the air goes off in the fellowship hall, so the people won't get hot. Yeah. And I always tell you, I'm like, hey, the air just went off. You should go fix that. <laughs> yes. And I'm normally doing the Bible study at the time. <laughs> Yet you're still like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Felt the air. So anyway, that's to summer. Summer's my dedication. I'm tr- I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. We talked about blessings last time. I'm going to start thinking yeah. of blessings. Summertime fun. Swimming is fun. Oh, yeah. Getting to come inside out of the heat is fun. Yeah, ice cream. Yes. At night when it cools off, mm-hmm. becomes a really, like, just a great time. There's something about summer. making it through the hell day that is summer. <laughs> that is just like... So You're see, still... Mm, I feel like... I don't yeah, feel like we'll this is We'll work on that. We'll work on it. Yeah. So do you want to hear my dedication? I dedicate this podcast episode to phase 10. The card game. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very appropriate dedication. Yeah. One, because that's probably what we'll do after we get off of this that's podcast. That's why I'm, I'm kind of in a hurry, because we, we have a, a fierce competition going. So it's not much of a competition. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, so weird. After we went to Nantucket in May, early May, we have not watched a lick of TV since yeah. we've come home. And so we just, in the evenings, we used to watch a show every night when we put the kids to bed. And now we, we put the kids to bed and we, we both have things we're always working on. But just recently we pulled out, why did we do that? Who did that? I did that. I don't know. I've always loved Phase 10. We used to play Phase 10 when I was a kid, but it wasn't called Phase 10. We played it whenever we went to my grandparents' house in Arkansas. That was the only time we ever played it. It was a game called, it was called Spite and Malice. Mm -hmm. And you would take three decks of cards Mm -hmm. and you'd make this giant deck of it. And you would go through these hands Mm -hmm. like that in that game. And I always wanted to play every time. I was always so disappointed Mm -hmm. when people didn't want to play because we only went like once or twice a year to my grandparents in Arkansas. And so... Pause. I have noticed that you were super quick to play games with... Especially our oldest. Is that why? I mean, I'm probably just on average you still super like games? quick to play games. <laughs> just look in our games closet. Or like, who's the one who knows when it's board game day on yeah. Amazon? Like, True. I just love games. Okay, well, but I do. I, I do think about how, how much just you feel a desire to play when you're a kid. and when there's no one to play with you're really handcuffed mm-hmm. and and it's hard to deal with that and so normally the reason I can't play is a fairly selfish one or just not that significant mm-hmm. or not something that I can't move to another time mm-hmm. or whatever so I just try to keep that in mind like is this something that has to be done now is this you know and then 
if it is, you know, of course I do it. But if mm-hmm. it's not, then why not just do it even in the late at night mm-hmm. or wake up 30 minutes earlier in the morning and do it then mm-hmm. uh, and do this with him yeah. uh, or well, with them. So That was just a random, random thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we, um, I guess you pulled out phase 10 the other night and we have played how many nights? <laughs> Quite a few nights. Yeah. And he has beat me every game. Every game. But every I'm not giving up. single time. Yeah. Anyhow, it's been super fun to be play dominated. Games. No, to me. play a game with you. It's it's hard and for me to, to brag too much because it's just luck. No, it's not. You just either get the cards or you don't get the cards. No, that's not true for you. You have a superior brain. There's never any there's never any just just luck with you. There's always luck plus Maybe I use brain. luck in a superior way to you. You do. I take advantage of my luck. Better no. Than you. No, there's and some I sort take of note game. of what luck you're getting in your hands. Just <laughs> reminding me that I'm I'm a dummy and I've got <laughs> nothing to offer. And even I'm a dummy. Even a luck game, I fail at. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this my dedication or yours? I don't know. Like I you're talking about face ten, like I was talking about summer. <laughs> but all that to say, that is a super fun game. It I, is a fun game. We were talking about why is this so fun, and I think it's because every hand. Is different. Mm-hmm. So like every phase, it's kind of a different challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've never played it, you should go you grab it You can come back. by our house because I counted the other day. We had three different boxes of face <laughs> Uh And then I went to your parents' house. Uh-huh. And from the face tins that we bought them, they had two different boxes mm-hmm. of face tins. So I think it's one of those things that every time I'd go to the store, I would buy a phase ten. Or every time we go on a, like on a to trip, Branson, yeah, on a trip. A that's new... that's probably what it is. We yeah. go on a trip and say, let's get a little card game, and I'd yeah. always get phase ten. Yeah, yeah. Reliving my someday. Childhood. I think we should do someday. I promise we'll do an episode of board games and card games and oh, like our favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah, I don't oh, even think... Oh, that would think, be so much fun. I think it needs to be a main topic, because I thought about doing, like, a mystery, the mystery mm-hmm. topic. But we but, could talk about... Yeah, you yeah. could talk about games. Different like games. And... Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, I bet that's going to be a real... <laughs> we'll talk about like, board what? Games. That's the, definitely putting the, the meaningless in the hodgepodge. That's so funny. That is. Who's going to stay tuned for that? Oh, man. I feel like we're just reached a, we're like I've reached a level of dorkdom tonight. It's like cardigans and no, board games. Last week, I, think... I sound like I live in a home. <laughs> no, last <laughs> I play, week. I play checkers and I wear a cardigan. Last week we talked about your it's LARPing. It's too hot in the summer. Your LARPing weapons. <laughs> that was the level. That's this is dorky. actually a level up. Yeah. No, there's nothing. No, it's not Those dorky. Those weapons weren't dorky. It's not. Those weapons, the, our children go outside and beat each other yes. upon, upon the head and shoulders with those things. Yeah, it's not dorky. It's an adventuring thing. It is. It is slaying of dragons. But I, I, think in the, I think it's kind of known as like something that... Uh, that's what's called a misnomer. <laughs> okay. And okay. so... Yeah. Yeah. We don't give credence to those. We do not. We do not. And whenever kids come over and their parents aren't there to shame them into not playing, what, what do they grab? The weapons. The weapons. Immediately. And they go to town <laughs> until their parents come in and say, that is dorky. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> they more it's more like don't you can't don't, point an arrow at don't hit each other in the face <laughs> not the face oh goodness uh, uh, face town that was a good that's a very apropos one for this week and I'm gonna beat you tonight so stay tuned for that <laughs> on our board game episode where we'll keep you updated uh, you will be, I mean statistically you have to beat me I don't know I just no I can tell you statistically Eventually, you have to be. I think there's a chance that it may never happen. I'm okay with that because I'm a loser. All right. (laughs) Those are two good dedications. (laughs) Like a a season I don't like and a game you can't win at. What a what an encouraging start to this to this podcast. But what have you been up to? What other things? Let's get into our good stuff. Okay. What do you want to talk about this week? Well, I I wanted to bring up something that. It's just kind of a neat thing if you think about it, and hopefully it will encourage. Okay, I want to give you, I want to give you guys a heads up on this. She, she does not tell me like you know how we do our surprise mystery salad <laughs> at the end. Just about every topic is a surprise mystery to me mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to tell me Mm-mm. because she knows I'll just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. No, about it. I just. I think it'll be more, we'll have a better Fresh. conversation. if. Yeah, because I'll have already yeah, hashed it out. Yeah, because you and I will talk, talk it all out and then... Yeah, so if you think these are scripted... Absolutely These talks no. are not scripted. Like, she won't tell me. And in fact, if there's ever... There's Chloe. There's Chloe. If there's ever a time mm. uh, where we start talking about things that she wants to talk about later, she'll go, stop. Let's not talk about it now. Let's wait and talk about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so I'm excited. What do you want to talk about? Well, so this is something that uh, definitely applies in motherhood, but I think will apply in so many areas. So I'll get it Good, started. because I was about to check out. Yeah, not motherhood. just motherhood, fatherhood. Like, oh, well, whoops. But I've definitely seen it in my own life. Um, All the hoods. When I had, when we just had the little kids, you know those those that really crazy phase of life when you have a lot of little kids who are under five. And it's plug for uh, loving the little years for sure. Loving the little years. Yeah. Um, it's a book. You read it. It's good. It's it's an incredible book. Um, but it's you right. feel it's not, it's not poetry. But it's still good. <laughs> oh goodness! Did I make you mess up your train of thought? I don't know. You're talking about in the middle of the little years. Oh yeah. So you kind of feel like. Um, like at that time, I felt like I was doing the hardest work I would ever do, ever. And that as the kids got older, then it would get easier. And <laughs> then when they graduated and got married, moved away, and even when I became a grandmother, then it would be super easy. Um, but I read an article by Nancy Wilson uh, a couple years ago that really kind of set the wheels in motion for, for this not really being the case. And since that time, I've, I've definitely seen it to be true. But she said that, that actually those years are the training ground for the harder work that is ahead. And um, That's 100% true. Yeah. And I think you can apply that to, to any part of life. And um, that when you first start start things like that it it is it's the flexing of new muscles that you've never used before i actually read another article by is it tim chaley's 
about how it's easy for grown-ups to kind of like be condescending to teenagers when they talk about how hard life is. You know, like, <laughs> oh, I have, or even college kids, like, I have so many finals this week. And, and the temptation is to be like, oh, poor you. Or like, mm. oh, just wait just till your life really wait. gets I hard. I hate the just wait thing. I know. But you know that. Yeah. yeah. So he was pointing out in that article that, that actually to them it is hard because they are learning to use muscles that they've never used before. It's like when you go to the gym and you haven't worked out ever and like 10 push-ups nearly kills you well that actually hurts like your body is actually hurting um but it's as you work out more and more Mm -hmm. that you acquire the stamina to then wear 10 push-ups becomes nothing to you yeah so um i could do 10 push-ups right now without even blinking (laughs) i can do none push-ups ever (laughs) (laughs) so that is why I think for a lot of of parents that the first years of, of parenthood are very difficult because they've never done it before. They're they're using brand new muscles that they've never had to use and it's hard. Mm. You know, it's hard work. Oh, and I was thinking, uh, this is also true in the parenting aspect, this is what I was thinking, mm-hmm. is in parenting itself, you are teaching the little ones mm-hmm. to use muscles mm-hmm. to prepare them mm-hmm. for the hard things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does prepare you. But I think in many ways, what we're doing in disciplining and parenting, educating our kids, and holding them accountable mm-hmm. to Scripture is te- is the, that formative muscle building for them for what is really going to be the harder things that mm-hmm. they're going to face in life as teenagers and adults and then on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, we've, when I talk to the kids and we talk to them about obeying Papa, we always talk about because this is a shadow, like obeying me because of what I say, whether you understand right away or, you know, not doing the whole, but why? And then, and I say, this is a, this is a, a microcosm of of your relationship to the Lord and I want to teach you that when the Lord says to do things you just say yes mm-hmm. and so you know teaching them those little things mm-hmm. helps them to prepare for when big questions come up so right now it's just eat this clean up that or whatever mm-hmm. but you're actually setting a framework f- for their for their spiritual muscles mm-hmm. in how they work out uh, their own obedience to the Lord in big things. It's very like the he who's faithful in the little will be faithful in much mm-hmm. type thing. So teaching your kids to be faithful in the, in, the, in the little things. So in the little years, that's what always seems so, so difficult to me is, the, is trying to wrangle it all, mm-hmm. right? And it seems, and so when you were talking about it being easier and easier and easier, it seemed, you know, I was thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, being easier and easier in terms of what you're dealing with. Um, but, um, what your kids are dealing with when they're younger is smaller, but the, the actual importance of the problem grows bigger, mm-hmm. uh, bigger sins right. as they get older. And so you, tr- but, but the way they fight those bigger sins is the same way they fight the little sins. Mm-hmm. And so if you'll train them to fight those little sins in a particular way, that same model 
will then be used to fight the big sins. You've actually trained them. To, it's, like, it's like taking them through like T-ball and then to coach pitch. And then, okay, mm-hmm. here we've got now legitimate uh, baseball being mm-hmm. played with an opposing pitcher who's really throwing a fastball in there. If, if we're modeling that and setting that framework up for the kids now, it's actually preparing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that gives a little bit more purpose to the little things. Because it's like, I'm just disciplined about this and that and the other. And it's nonstop and it's cookies. and it's. But you're not. You're crafting mm-hmm. warriors for the Lord. Right. And that gives a greater purpose to what I'm doing. Because it does seem trite right. that I'm having to deal with children not wanting to eat what's in front of them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just... And the, oh, the, bath time. And yes. The hundreds of minutiae <laughs> of guidance that you have to do. Yeah. But every one of those is just setting in concrete mm-hmm. this is how you respond ultimately to in obedience to the lord right and, and then, if you'll so if you'll not listen to me when i tell you to do something you're not gonna that's setting you up to not listen to the lord and his authority over you mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up to always question authority to question you know whatever mm-hmm. instead of saying i trust because if you'll trust me as your papa that i love you and will only tell you to do what's right and good. If you'll trust that, who you know is not perfect, because I confess my sins to them sometimes, even in my discipline of them or whatever, then that sets them up for their heavenly father that they know always has their good and will only tell them what's right and mm-hmm. true and will bring joy to them. And then they don't have to question. They know I can, I can do that. And so they'll go... Uh, the way they're supposed to go, um, mm-hmm. because you've you've trained them in that. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about that. Because yeah. sometimes that can be the frustrating thing yeah. about the little. And years. so at the at the same time that you're training them, you're training yourself. Yeah, definitely. And that's what that's what Nancy was getting around to. The self pedagogical sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So in this article, that really her her work has increased. You're really you are really expanding your capacity. So what kills you in the beginning, the amount of work, by the time, if you keep digging into it and you're not shrinking away from it, you are stretching your capacity to now she has, I think she has 17 grandchildren. She's feeding instead well, of feeding. I think, I, think a, I think a lot of this goes back to wasting the early years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, and not having marriage right, because marriage when it's done rightly is a sacrificial thing from mm-hmm. the very beginning. I mean, and what happens, and this is, this is why marriages get off on the wrong foot sometimes. Because they're not going into it recognizing, okay, now I can't just live for my, I've got to die for this person, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of even myself. Uh, and so what happens sometimes is that really gets kicked into full gear when children come. Yeah, because it's a san- it is a sanctifying thing. Yeah, and so it's way. made it's made harder. Yeah, because you haven't been doing it because you haven't had to. Right. But having kids and jobs and all that forces that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think if 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 young married couples would go into it recognizing mm-hmm. just what marriage is supposed to be and the self sacrificial nature of the marriage bond, like mm-hmm. my body isn't mine anymore. Mm-hmm. My body is yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 
I can't worry about myself primarily. I've got to worry, like as the husband, my job is to wash you with the water of the word. Here, I've struggled to wash myself right. for so much of my life. And now I've got to, my job is to wash you. Or if you're the wife, here you've been able to kind of do oh, whatever you want to. Whatever. And now <laughs> you've got to treat this husband as if he's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but I know he's not Jesus. Because mm-hmm. uh, we had to hurry up and get married because we were being not so Jesus uh, <laughs> in our relationship with each other or whatever. So, you know, just all of those things, you, you look at that and you say, hey, uh, that's a, if you're doing that, that's a that's a muscle workout. That's mm-hmm. a new, but there's there's nothing forcing you to do that at mm-hmm. the beginning a lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, and so, or or even if it is strained, it's not a it's not a hard strain. Yeah. But then you throw a kid into it, and it is all of a sudden those muscles have to be right worked out. Right. Uh, or you get you get right. So really I think up if, if I could go back and talk to myself when I was in the thick of it. I would say, this is... What's funny is I think people would look at you and go, aren't you in the thick of it now? <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. That's yeah. the great thing about it. Is I think I would tell myself, like, this is hard for a reason. Like, you are becoming... You're going to get better at this mm-hmm. if you keep working every day. And, and it's so true. Like, by the time another kid would come around, I was doing more, but I was feeling less frazzled. Because it's like boot camp, kind of. And if if I look now at what I did 10 years ago, I work. I work so much harder today than I did then. But I'm, I'm, I'm accustomed to it. I've been seasoned. And um, that's just a, it's a great thing. So it's not something to want to get away from. And, and when you're feeling super frazzled by all the work you have to do and that I just remember thinking about bath time like on Saturday night especially I think when we had four really little kids just thinking I don't know how I'm gonna make it to bedtime I don't know how I'm gonna keep Mm -hmm. going in this day until I get to get in bed um and now I mean of course they can wash their own hair now (laughs) But there did come a point where it doesn't hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think it's encouraging to know that not only is it going to get easier because, not because the work's going to go away, but because your muscles are going to catch up. And then the Lord can use you to do more things, to to bathe more kids, and maybe to someday have 17 grandkids in your house and you can cook for all of them and which have is, people in your home. And- which is why the idea of Christian retirement is silly, <laughs> right? Your, your, your yes. whole life has been growing your sanctification, your holification, um, to a point where you can really be an asset to the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. And you grow into this maturity and you go, all right, now we're going to hop in an RV and we're going to cruise the country mm-hmm. and leave the church mm-hmm. and be back. We'll be back once a month or... Or whatever, and Christians have to be careful, even if that's not, even if they're not, well, thinking about retirement and doing that or whatever, going and as John Piper said, gonna collect shells. We can be desirous of getting out. I can't wait till the work's over. And so, what happens is when it isn't as hard, like you're not having to wash hair, Mm -hmm. instead of 
keep using those muscles mm-hmm. to do new things, which mm-hmm. the Lord by his grace will often just cause to spring up. Cause when you're not having to wash hair, you're having to deal with other things, mm-hmm. um, is really not letting those muscles atrophy, but recognizing, okay, if, if the Lord's gotten me through the little years, so mm-hmm. to speak, it's probably now my job to help in any way I can be work wise, encouragement wise, whatever those ladies who are going through mm-hmm. the little years or who are in the situation that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to, I've got to applaud my mom for, she has done this for, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, she could, you hear so many ladies her age say, well, I put in my years and you'll even hear that like at church. I, I have not heard that as a pastor. If I heard it, I would immediately rebuke. Her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but one thing she's always told me is I remember how hard it was and she'll never forget. She'll never forget how hard those early years were. And so she instead of just soaking up her time, she has given herself to her grandkids and to me and my brothers and their wives um just as a a, a servant and um I hope to do the same for my kids someday. You know. Yeah, I hope you do too. And I hope I get to help you. Yeah, I yeah. think you will. Well, stop it. Yeah. So that's what you said about retirement that I was going to say something like that that really what you need to do is be biblical about these things. Like the Bible says come and die, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not it's not supposed to be easy to be a Christian yeah. like as far as it's not a life of ease and comfort and keeping your feet up and, and watching Netflix all the time. And that's the second time we've mentioned people watching Netflix. But I think what what you were mentioning earlier with married young married couples, for a lot of us, when we when we are newlyweds, we are coming off of some pretty easy years. Like remember before we got married. Yeah, we, we had also like, we could go to movies all the time. Yeah, we, I mean it was we weren't yeah. working very very hard you know no and um so it took it takes things like children and 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 having a a job to make you realize sometimes what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. <laughs> to come and die mm-hmm. but um but yeah the bible makes it very clear that we're supposed to be laying down our lives right yeah Jesus said, if you're not laying down your life, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Right. So that's hard. Yes, it is not just a metaphor. It is meant to be difficult. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And it made me think about some of your thoughts about sabbaticals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you want to talk about that, but... Yeah, it's like like with pastors and, and sabbaticals. Um... And I've got I've got friends who've taken sabbaticals. I've got and it's a very common thing, pastors on sabbaticals. And there's a couple of things. One, you never see any mention of a sabbatical in scripture. <laughs> like the land gets a Sabbath rest mm-hmm. every seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea so you've got Pat like in Paul's case, the early church's case. All the way through the Reformation. This is a very modern idea mm-hmm. that you as a pastor can just take a week or a month. Yeah, can you imagine Paul being like, 
I just need to take so, it. So, yeah. So, all that. I'm not wanting to disparage people who take sabbaticals. What I'm wanting to say is, the, if you feel the need to take a sabbatical, that probably, and this is what I say, is more just showing you that you're probably doing pastoring wrong. You're, you're probably, and this, and this is where I would like to come and die to yourself. Uh, I would say they're probably dying in areas they don't need to die in. And so they have to take a sabbatical because they're not taking care of their families. Mm. They have to take a sabbatical because they're not taking care of their own spiritual life. They have to take a sabbatical because they've allowed the church to fill up their schedule with things that should not fill up their schedule. And they're afraid to say, no, Mm -hmm. this isn't what a pastor does. So when the church is like, you be here from 9 to 5 every day of the week. And then you be ready to counsel people at night Mm because no one needs counseling from 9 to 5 because they're at work. (laughs) Right? right? And then, so then you're like, why are these pastors so frazzled? Because you've told them to be in the office from 9 to 5 for the people that aren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. So that then when they're home with the people they should be home with, with their families, they can't because they're having to go take care of the people that they should be taking care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then and these then pastors get worn out. Sundays, they have meetings. And then Sundays, you have them get there, you know, they're supposed to get there at 7. And so they leave. They leave their, like, one of the saddest things to me is pastors who get to their churches before their families. Mm-hmm. Now, if listen, you might have a reason to do that, or and I don't want you going and watching your pastor and seeing what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, often what is the problem is that they've got so much responsibility. Mm-hmm. They've got to get there. And that ends up stressing out the wife, who also has responsibility. And she's now got to get all the kids dressed and ready, all for responsibilities that the, the church has made up. Mm-hmm. Or that you as a pastor have put on yourself that, that you don't need to. So we've always made the effort and, in fact, done it. Haven't oh, just made the effort. Always. This is what we've done. To like, We just go to church together. Yeah. And if there's anything that I can't get done on Sunday before my family, like, what would I need to do? How many hours would I need to get there before? And uh, we go home together, And too. we go home together. And I, I remember growing up, like, if there were meetings at church, they were yeah, on Sunday. and so here you've got the Lord's Day. <laughs> the Lord's Day, where you're supposed to do all this stuff. Rejoice in the Lord. Rest in Him. All these things. And that's the day we put our meetings and uh, all these responsibilities for our pastors. And so they either have to, they have to go home uh, and immediately start studying for Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Or they've got to go, uh, you know, to this meeting or to get that taken care of. And I just want to say, well, you just just stop. Like mm-hmm. that's not what that's not what Sunday is supposed to be for. That's not what. That, so if a pastor has to take a sabbatical, like part of me wants to go. Where do you even see a sabbatical? Mm-hmm. Like what is this? We're gonna take a like that's like you don't see Luther ever like. Hey, I'm gonna take a sabbatical, Calvin. Anyway, um, but the other thing is, friends. Like I just want to grab them and, and be like. Is this because the way you're doing ministry is killing you because you've taken on some things that don't need to be there? Because, uh, and then just let those things go. Don't mm-hmm. you don't keep swallowing the poison mm-hmm. every day until mm-hmm. you can no longer take it because it's about to kill you. Mm-hmm. And then you take a sabbatical to sort of refresh. And so you, they'll get these sabbaticals and they'll be with their. I'm going to take a sabbatical and spend time with my family. Every day should be time with you. Mm-hmm. If you're not spending enough time with your family every day to meet the needs of your family, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. If you have to take a break from what you're doing as a pastor to fix what pastoring does to your family, fix how you pastor. Mm-hmm. 
so that is when it comes to sabbaticals that's that's my heart about that mm-hmm. is i'm not saying these guys aren't worn out i'm saying they're probably worn out for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. because and being a pastor does wear you out but it wears you doesn't doesn't have to wear out your time with your family mm-hmm. doesn't have to wear out your time with your kids if if you're taking time to study up on delivering a sermon to your church but you never have Bible study with your own children or lead them. And so then this is why the whole thing about pastor's kids or preacher's kids is normally because preachers have not, they've allowed the church and church things that that they've seen as important or that they've made up or that they think they've got to do to grow the church or be whatever. They've allowed that to steal Mm -hmm. from what the, from their home and from their life. And so, yeah. It's really good. Thanks. I'm not about to take a sabbatical. So. <laughs> yeah. And the same, like... Because, I mean, think about it. No one else in this world can take a sabbatical. Well, yeah. You and... don't... You don't... Like, you, like you know, the wife can't take a sabbatical. Yeah. You know? And be like, <laughs> I don't have to do my work. Uh, the... the your, your person working from nine to five or eight mm-hmm. to five at their job uh, and then coming home... They don't get to take a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it, it almost seems a little bit presumptuous for pastors to be like, I'm going to take a sabbatical when no one else in their church can. Mm-hmm. No one but you has the type of job where you can just quit doing your job. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, pastors, watch over your flock. Mm-hmm. They're keeping watch over your soul. That word they were keeping watch in Hebrews 13 is a word they never sleep. Mm-hmm. They do not sleep. Right. And, and so as a pastor, a, if you're taking a sabbatical, a sabbatical means rest. Mm-hmm. You're taking a rest when scripture literally says a pastor cannot rest. In that time, and this is this is doubly important if you've got pastors who are single, and, and this is, this again gets back to church model, is a lot of times you have to take a sabbatical because you're a single pastor, you're the only pastor there, or whatever, mm-hmm. and so everything's on you. Hey, trust what the Bible says and have multiple elders. Get another elder. Get don't another take elder a sabbatical. There. Yeah, don't get take a sabbatical. Get another elder. Uh, and then you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And and if you are, it's even, if you are like the elder, mm-hmm. you know, the pastor, and there's not another one, um, then if you're taking a sabbatical, who's watching the sheep? Mm-hmm. Who's watching the sheep? Because it says, it literally says that pastors cannot... They keep watch over the souls. They do not that keep watch. Do not sleep. Mm-hmm. And here we are going. I'm going to take a sleep break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I just say, man, if if the, if you're taking a sabbatical, that's probably showing you you're doing something. Either you've got an idea that scripture doesn't support, like I'm going to rest, or you're probably doing something in your ministry in a certain way. Uh, maybe you've set up your 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 pastoring in a way that that you need to change mm-hmm. um, yeah. or you're going to end up sleeping on your flock yeah. and you can't because yeah. wolves, wolves aren't going to go, huh, he's taking a sabbatical, I won't do anything. <laughs> and if your sheep are encouraged and you're not there to keep pushing them and encouraging them, mm-hmm. I'm not saying if you took a sabbatical, you did, you know, like a, a bad thing. I'm just saying it could be a sign that there's, uh, maybe something wrong, either in you know, how you view ministry or how the church views ministry and the fact that you need to just get away uh, from a, a role that you can never sleep on. 
even is might be symptomatic of something. So I've just seen friends that need it, friends that talk about their jobs in this way or pastoring in this way, and and so that's why. Yeah, I thought let's bring that up. This is a sidetrack and a sabbatical. I mean, that's what this it is. Fits. A hodgepodge. Yeah, and it, it and I think it does fit with the with the working your muscles out. It yeah, does. it's gonna hurt pastor yes. to grow because even pastors grow. But what a glorious life! Like if you pour yourself out for the the kingdom, yeah, yeah. as s- a pastor, as a mom. You like, see how many times these pastors would preach back in during the Reformation, mm-hmm. and it's only now mm-hmm. that, like we preach so much less mm-hmm. than they preached. We do. We might do a thousand other things that mm-hmm. they didn't do. Who cares about those other things? Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that we need a sabbatical. Yeah, we can or, be kind of puny or like anyone in the church, re, you know, retreating, getting away. Mom's getting away. I just need to get away for a minute so I can Yeah, rest. no one needs to get away. Like, can you imagine like... This is the speaking way. Speaking of the Reformation, like the Reformer women. Yes. Being like, yeah. we're all going to go meet somewhere for a yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys Let's handle... Let's all meet in Geneva. You guys handle the and, household yeah, yeah. And, and your duties and we'll be and back. And the kids. And we we'll, just need yeah. to go talk yeah. <laughs> and pray and be together. It's just kind of funny to think about. Yeah, this... And you just... But you get used to this. This is the way things are done now. And we are tired because... Maybe we're a little puny. And you should be tired because if you're not tired, you're not working. Right. And that's why it's so important to have time of rest. On? Should we go there? On the Sabbath. You rest on the Sabbath because every day is the Sabbath. We'll get into that. Um, But, yeah, you, you do, I mean... You should, we should be laboring for the Lord mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Genuine labor, mm-hmm. hard work. You know, you don't want to be that guy who is never tired at the end of his day because he hasn't worked all day long. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's, and so I don't so need rest because I, that's what I was. That's what I was when I think back to the, the mom who first started out. I was like, I was spent because I had never worked that hard. And now, like I said, and you've probably I, gotten better at now. I could run circles around that. Yeah, girl. And, you, and you've got and and your work is more like, like used to. You'd get wore out, and your work was all frazzled. Right. It was everywhere you were working on a thousand things that weren't really that important. You <laughs> end up doing all these other things, and then you were then you then the things you were supposed to be doing yeah. were, was kind of harried, and yeah. hodgepodge in doing <laughs> that. Uh, and and so yeah, now you're you're you have a laser precision in what you do as you. As you as you grow, and, and the same thing is true for pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be so if you go to a job, and this guy's working and he's wore out, but you he hasn't done anything related to his actual job. <laughs> he's done all these other things that have worn him out, mm-hmm. uh, but he hasn't done his essential job. Let's say he's supposed to make boxes. <laughs> he spent all days like I repaired the shelves. Uh, and I changed light bulbs, and so it's brighter in here, and I put on some music, mm-hmm. and so the environment's better. I wired all this stuff up, and the boss is like, how many boxes did you make? He's got, I got a half a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boss isn't going to be like, well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think sometimes, like pastors and even wives and others, we spend all this other time working on these other things. Mm-hmm. We neglect the box making. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you here to do yeah. in terms of parenting, in terms of pastoring? And, and then we're wore out because we spent all this on stuff that's not yeah. important and then failed at the, making the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to take a sabbatical. 
so tired. I'm so tired. How many boxes have you made? And I, I don't know. Say, I don't even know. I forgot that I was supposed to make boxes. Are you tired right now? I mean, I'm tired. No, I But coffee. I'm happy. I I'm happy. It is, a, it is a joyous turidity. Yes. And that's, that's one last thing I would love to point out is... You can, we can be so precious about guarding our capabilities. Like, so I'm this type of person, I'm this type of personality, I'm, I'm an introvert, so I have to, I have to take care of myself and I'll only be able to give this much. Well, that's not, that's not as rewarding as we think it's going to be. It, mm-hmm. it actually doesn't work. But if you pour yourself out for the Lord in obedience yeah, and I in talk faith. To, I talk to introverts that like you never talk to anybody who does that for the Lord's glory and looks back and says I wish I wouldn't have done it yeah but you do have people that look and say I wish I would have trusted the Lord enough to and do what yes what I needed to do even though it was hard for me because yours might be introversion but someone else's might be not being a jerk in how they talk and you don't know how someone is controlling their tongue Mm -hmm. because they want to say a thousand things Mm -hmm. and they're doing the hard thing of controlling their tongue and and so we we all think that our own personal struggle is too hard to get past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you go into something saying, "Well, Lord, I have this much to give you," no, yeah. you pour yourself out and let He will fill you back up. And that's one thing I have found. Like I do not have to come into a day with the five kids and the homeschooling and Bible study and say, "God, I am I, I get tired easily, and mm-hmm. I'm not great at being around people all day." Actually, I can just trust him. And I would say what you're not doing, and which is I think what scares people, is you're not saying if you're an introvert, you have to go be an extrovert. No. What you're just saying... stop thinking about yourself. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> just, Don't think about you. Just be obedient. Just love him and serve just him. Just quit thinking about you and what makes you comfortable. And right. if you get in a situation where you need to talk to this person... Yeah. Or, or meet these people, know this body... And you're saying, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. That's a dangerous situation. But you're not just going and saying, I'm an introvert, so I'm going to go be an extrovert. No, you're saying, I'm a child of Christ. I'm going to go do that however I need to do that. And I know because he doesn't promise that if you're an introvert, he can make you an extrovert. Mm -hmm. But he does promise that if you're his child, he gives you exactly as much strength as you need to be able to do what he wants you to do. And this is me saying, I have seen him do it and... Mm -hmm. It's a much happier place to be, and and that's and and that's what our goal has to be because mm-hmm. it it it's scarier to just be like, what is your weakness? Go and do that, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that frightens people. It does, but that's not that's not what the Lord no. is talking about. He's not like just okay, what's your weakness or what's your fear? Go and mm-hmm. do your fear. Yeah, you, know, you hear that sometimes in. In Christendom, you oh, know, you yeah. talk about what you're afraid of, and that's what the Lord's oh, going to call you to. Don't, don't say it out loud because the that. Lord will hear you and call you, you to it. it. Uh, I don't know exactly where that came from. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, but I do know that if your goal is instead of thinking about yourself and what you want to do and don't want to do, but instead thinking, I'm, my life is a living sacrifice. I glorify you. Yeah, I want to glorify you in everything I do. If that's your goal... Mm-hmm. And that's what you're thinking about instead of spinning in your head, I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert, or... Or I didn't get good sleep last night. Like, we can even yeah, be like, it can I be a momentary thing. I, I'm sleep. going to church and I'm not, this is not going to be a good I'm church I'm not going to be able to... I'm not going to be able to worship yeah. today. Uh, no, just trust him. Yeah. And, yeah, so long-term him. problems, short-term problems, just scrap it all and say, 
I can glorify you with whatever my struggle is. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't stop me from glorifying you. I, you know, if he can say that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If he can say that rejoice, little children, you have overcome the evil one. <laughs> Right? Uh, because of his word is abiding in you uh, and you are strong. If you can say that in First John, then the idea that you can't overcome your own personality quirk is just, mm-hmm. is just silly. So you end up making it. You create this, this weight on it. And, mm-hmm. and if instead you just go into it saying, I'm going to glorify the Lord today. Yeah. Then when those things come to Simple. you, yeah, you're not so self-focused. You're not thinking about thinking about what your weaknesses are. You're not thinking about what your strengths are. Yeah. You're just saying, I'm My yours. I am yours, Lord. Lord. I'm yours, and you will equip me for everything. This I need house to do. is yours. This yep. body is yours. These children are yours. I might be tired. I might not think that I'm a good teacher. I might whatever. Mm-hmm. But I know if my desire is to be faithful to you and glorify you, that I can do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, you tell me, so if you're like God, let me glorify you. It's very similar to what the Lord said to Christ. Like, I have done that, uh, and I'm going to keep doing that in you. Uh, and so that's what that's what we can do. Like, our lives are glorifying to the Lord, and He's going to keep glorifying Himself through our lives. Uh, and so we've just got to entrust our souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, and, and it'll be it'll be work, and it'll be hard, and it'll be growing. It'll be holification. Your holy muscles will be getting bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good for you. Yeah. It's what's supposed to happen. You know, uh, You're supposed to grow in maturity. I heard um, Rachel Jankovic was talking about how she wants to view her life like a rock that has been launched. It's already been launched, and it is making its way to the water. And that her goal is to acquire more and more um, capability for kingdom work that by the time she hits the water, by the time her life has ended, it makes a giant splash. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a, a praiseworthy goal that we run our race with endurance and with just this, our hearts set on doing everything we can for the Lord and for his glory while we're on this earth. And if we think about that, if that is our purpose, then no matter where we are, we mm-hmm. can be satisfied. Yeah. No matter what content. we're doing, we can be content and we can know that we're living an amazing life. Yeah. Uh, and if, if that's not your goal, then you look at what city you're in. Mm-hmm. You look at what your income is. Mm-hmm. You look at where you live. You look at, you know, in terms of your house. You look mm-hmm. at the things you've got. You look at who you are personality-wise, like we talked about. You look at and you measure Mm -hmm. your life based on all these things. But if you think the greatest goal of my life is to splash into that water Mm -hmm. and it to rain droplets of glorified the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter where that... It doesn't matter where that rock was started being thrown from. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the the course that it took to get there. Mm -hmm. What matters is it it hit the water and and made a splash. And your life can do that. Yeah. And it will bring joy to you mm-hmm. to do that. So, yeah, well, that's a good well, You just used up all our time with that one topic. <laughs> that was not one topic. Okay, it was two so topics. So, we need to start just saying, like, the, the hodgepodge is we're going to bring up something. And, and then we're going to go, take a we're tangent. Go through and all the things. <laughs> it's like, I felt like this was like we were eating at the buffet. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right? Like, we're standing there eating, yeah. and you're talking, and then you're like, hey, is that macaroni salad yeah. over there? Right and I'm there, like, yeah. Then, oh, yeah. Look did at some that. macaroni salad <laughs> fall into this barbecue beef? I think it did. <laughs> hey, there's a macaroni salad right there. Let's spend 20 minutes talking about it. All right, but you got to tell us about the surprise jello salad for today before we run out of time. Well, um. We run out of time. We're just, we hit stop when we want to. So, I'm going to scrap the one I was going to ask you. Ooh. Because it was going to take a while. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you. Don't tell me. That would ruin okay, the surprise we'll jello salad. Okay, we'll save for another yeah. time. So, I thought real quick you could tell us um, about your chicken tragedy. No. Yeah, because the people sad. the people know about your chickens. And I also, I have noted something that I will bring up after you talk about it. Tell us what happened. Uh... Well, to steal from the riot and the dance, uh, a little bit of riot got into our dance of the chicken coop at... Speaking of pastors being tired. Yeah. That was the worst night. <laughs> Saturday night. Saturday night. Sunday morning. Four o'clock in the morning. Sunday morning. All of a sudden, like, I start hearing the dog bark. Jake's barking outside. And I can tell that he's barking on the side of the chicken coop. The side of the yard where the chicken coop... The cor- one corner of our yard, uh, our backyard, is about five feet from the start of the chicken coop. And so I know he's over there. And I think, oh great, something's probably trying to get in with the chickens. I thought maybe another dog mm-hmm. is what I thought. And so I got up, went outside with my little flashlight on the phone... Phone flashlight. Uh, And immediately, the rabbits are thudding their feet on the ground. What does that mean? That's what they do when they're trying to scare things. It's thump, 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 thump. So, So, do do the people know our rabbits and chickens are together? Did we mention that? Okay, we have two rabbits and, and five chickens in one big pen. Freckles and Benjamin Bunny. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, so they're in their rabbit hutch, like thumping mm-hmm. the ground. And I was like, oh, okay, something's either around. And, and, and I looked, and one of the chickens was out. And I thought, Ugh, how'd you get out of your coop? Like, what would... So I looked, I looked around, and the other chickens, the rooster has blocked the other chickens and is standing... In the corner with his wings spread out and the other hens behind him. That's amazing, it's by really the way. Neat. That makes me a little teary. And so I was like, what's he... So I opened the deal, uh, looking into the chicken coop, opened the lid of the chicken coop, nothing's in there. And I looked to my right and there's a possum. And he has killed one of the chickens, Peck. He killed Peck. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was filled with rage. And went to find something to beat said possum Mm -hmm. to death, Mm -hmm. you know, to kill it. Uh, And as I went to grab the shovel, it was a small possum, really small possum. It got in, it went through the chain link. That's how small it was. Mm -hmm. it, It was way smaller than the chicken that it killed. Went through the chain link and... Uh, got away. I chased it. I went after that thing. I had to go back out of the fence, 
go around. I had to run through a cedar. I ran through cedar trees. Um, at night, four, I just had a pair of shorts on. And I, I was dead asleep. Yeah, she had no idea. I had no idea. And so then I come back, get the other chickens settled back in, take that chicken, have to dig a hole for it, bury it. So at 5.30 a.m., I woke up to the baby like whacking me on the face with a bottle. <laughs> I was like, "Where? what is going on? And then I heard the door, like the alarm, the beeping when the door opens and yeah. closes and the dogs barking and... I was like, what is going on? So I picked Jack up and we go looking for Papa because we didn't know where you were. <laughs> yeah, it's not in bed. And I, I see the car is running with headlights on. and Yeah, it was dark. I dug the hole and for I the... And I saw flashlights. I and... dug the hole for the chicken with one hand holding my, my cell phone flashlight mm-hmm. and the other hand holding the shovel yeah. trying to dig the grave for the chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of alarming. I was just kind of like, what in the world? And I get out there and you're like, he'd been, he'd been like watching YouTube videos for how to secure, how to keep intruders out. How to predator proof your chicken coop. (laughs) At 530 in the morning. And he tells me he's been up since four. And I'm thinking, babe, you got to preach in like three hours or however. Mm. We've got to get ready for church and you're going to be exhausted and. But it really did. Uh, I was telling some of my friends that it gave me a picture of your your shepherd. You shepherd a church, <laughs> and I saw that in the chicken coop. <laughs> you were like, "I will not sleep." And then he preached on it that that elders elders do not sleep; they keep watch. And uh, I was like, "You were literally up all night keeping watch over your chickens." <laughs> literally. <laughs> anyway. I'm really sorry that happened. It was very sad. But we're going to get a, a new chicken. And I have further secured yeah. both the chicken coop and... He has new floodlights. Floodlights now <laughs> on my on their chicken run. Yeah. So. Yeah. It started out, it was really cute. What happened was it was really cute. The rabbits burrowed into the chicken coop. The chicken coop didn't have a bottom on it. It was really heavy and sat on mm-hmm. the ground. So nothing could pick it up. But the rabbits had burrowed into the chicken coop and they would... So you'd open the chicken thing during the day and the rabbits would be under there, like with their heads, little heads tucked under the mm-hmm. chickens, oh. getting out of the sun. And they'd all be in there. It's really cute. thought, I probably need to... Mm-hmm. I need to fill that up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think anything would be able to get in. I never thought about a possum squeezing through mm-hmm. the chain link. I need to fill that in. And I had said that just that night. I need to fill that in. Uh, and... And didn't do it that night. And lost a chicken because of it. Mm. I mean, there's a there's a shepherding and pastoring sermon in there. Truly, truly. You know? So, if you see any areas in your life that you think, I, need to f- I might need to take care of that. This is us saying, go do it right now. Yeah, even if it's something cute. <laughs> even if it's, even if it's yeah. something cute. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay. All right, you got a verse for today? I do. I am in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. Um, the whole, I mean, the whole book is great, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag way to go, God. I have to say that, right? Um, but verse 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. 
And then it goes on to say, and we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. Um, so it's just, I feel like um, a lot of times we don't have the confidence we need to have that the Lord will protect us. And you've been talking you know, it's funny. a lot about this. What is that you can tell this is a reverse you like because the very next, the, what does it talk about after that? Warning, you begin to be an uh, idol. Yeah. Get to work. Get to work. Get to work. <laughs> you lazy idlers. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That is funny. Um, it, it made me think, though, that you, you've you been reminding people as we were going through First John that in talking about the, uh, the Antichrist or whatever, mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry that you're going to accidentally get the mark of the beast. <laughs> like, God, <laughs> if you belong to God... You can... Yeah, he actually says there in First John that the Spirit... You know, needs you to, needs to teach you any of these things because the Spirit himself teaches you and will protect you. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, so even from not just Antichrist, but the many Antichrists right. that are already... The Spirit of Antichrist that's already about. The, time, the Spirit of lawlessness to steal from Second Thessalonians mm-hmm. itself in chapter 2, actually. Um, but yeah, the, mm-hmm. the Spirit, he's, he's faithful. Yeah, and have confidence that. Yeah. Do you do you think that's being recorded? I don't know. It's the fifth of of July, July. and so (laughs) at eleven twenty-two, people have decided it is time to launch off their biggest fireworks. Um, So if that made it in the recording, (laughs) no, that's what's going on. We're not recording this from from some war-torn country, Gettysburg. (laughs) Like a Gettysburg reenactment. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're homeschoolers. I mean, it would. Yeah, be it would be something. Normal. It would be something like, uh, like Gettysburg. Yeah, so that's good. That's okay. what you, that was yours. Yeah. All right, mine. Uh, I was trying to think of what to share since we're running out of time. Um, I'll do a short. Uh, was. Mark uh, chapter 4, just the calming of the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I love, I love that, that, that picture because you, you, and the disciples are all like, what's going on? Why are you, and you know, you understand their frustration at Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, facing death, uh, you know, after, trust, like, I'm going to follow the Lord and then just end right. up drowned in the sea. Mm-hmm. Would seem like that's not what exactly mm-hmm. I what signed, they signed up, up for. for. Yeah, so you can understand, you know, why are you not stopping this, Jesus? Why are you even letting this happen? Uh, and I think when when we when we go through similar things, when we go through storms in our lives, we too can question. Mm-hmm. We can question God's purpose, uh, His love for us, His faithfulness, and like we'll you say, talked about. This is not yeah, what I and we'll up say, for. yeah, I didn't sign up for this. Why are you letting this happen, God? Why are you? But. But I think what's funny is the real problem in this isn't isn't God's faithfulness; it's ours. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I love uh, I, I love about this is is we forget that sometimes we need the storms to show us how little our faith actually is. That storm was actually obeying the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was there to show the disciples mm-hmm. how little their faith was, mm-hmm. and so that the Lord could show His faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, so when, when we, oftentimes we think about the story and we think about the wind and the waves obeying him when he tells them to stop, Mm -hmm. but the wind and the waves have been obeying him throughout this whole thing. 
they obeyed him when the storm started. Mm-hmm. The storm started because the wind and the waves obey the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they started with with this purpose. That, that storm was not just chaos. Mm-hmm. That, that storm was sent by God and it exposed their hearts, their lack of faith. Uh, that they may not have realized was was a problem. Yeah. And so Jesus rebuked the wind, he rebukes the waves, telling them what? Peace be still. And then he rebuked his disciples basically with the same message. Mm-hmm. Peace be still. Like, why would you not have, you need to have peace. Mm-hmm. You need to be still, like just trusting uh, in the Lord. Their lack of faith had stolen their peace. When they needed to just be still and rest in their Savior. They should have been able to lay their heads down and sleep too. Even in a storm. In the, in the midst of a storm. Uh, so, when a storm comes into your life, right? When a trial comes, suffering comes, and you start to question God. Uh, remember that the storm you're going through is not the problem. Yeah. The storm's not the problem. Your heart is the problem. Yeah. If you're questioning God, it's not the storm that's causing you to question God. It's the storm that's exposing the mm-hmm. questioning that's already there. So, storms are are never purposeless. They're, they're tools used by God to grow us, sometimes by exposing us. Uh, so the next time life gets tough, just remember that the storm you're going through is being obedient to your Savior. The real question is, are you? Uh, but anyway, all right, let's see. Is that everything for tonight? I think that's all. That's all the time we've got. It's been an hour... And nine minutes. So we better we better stop. So that, that's all for tonight, folks. We got other stuff we want to talk about. We'll pick that up in the next episode. Uh, but right now, if you got any questions, remember, ask the podcast, P-O-D-G-E-Cast at gmail.com. And we've already got some of your questions. We'll be answering those on upcoming episodes. Leave a review, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast app. That'll be that'll be so helpful and so encouraging. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. And we'll see you next time. Good night.